Okay, so this past weekend for recruiting wasn't as good as landing three verbal commits all in one day, but Penn State is definitely laying the groundwork to land its next set of top prospects for the class of 2024. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. I'm your host of the show, and I'm joined once again by Penn State Rivals publisher Richie Schneider right over on the other side. Also does Rutgers UConn publisher for those sites as well. So he's got the trifecta going on and is able to carve out some of his spare time to come talk to us here about the Nittany Lions, the latest in recruiting, and so much more. Mm-hmm. Richie, thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Always fun to talk some recruiting. Yeah, and, and Penn State, they didn't get any commitments over the weekend, but it's, it seems like the stars are still aligning, literally and metaphorically, right, uh, for this class of 2024. It sounds like they made a good impression on a lot of players. Uh, we're going to get into all of that today, and then just look ahead what, what Penn State recruiting looks like in the near future. But Richie, where can people keep up with your work? Yeah, so happyvalleyinsider.com, uh, go-to site for everything Penn State Athletics, whether it be recruiting, team news, um, just general talk about Penn State and State College. Uh, we got just about everything on our message boards. Um, but yeah, other than that, you can check me out on Twitter, either at Penn State Rivals, if you want Penn State-centric stuff, or at Rivals Richie, and I kind of, like you alluded to before, kind of cover the whole uh, tri-state area for the most part. So anything uh, recruiting, it's probably on my Twitter timeline somewhere. Yeah, and I can echo that as well. Of course, Locked on Nittany Lions, the go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com. And as you mentioned, everything Penn State Athletics is over there, including this podcast. So we appreciate the support here from all of you. Okay, Richie, so Penn State, they they didn't get the trifecta of commitments, right? Uh, with three players, not one, not two, but three committing all on the same day in that adjacent mm-hmm. Sunday. This one seemed to be more of a quieter weekend. However, uh, underneath it all, it sounds like there was some chaotic shifts when it comes to recruiting for Penn State in a good way. What, what's the latest in general as far as what they were able to accomplish and how the weekend went overall? Yeah, so I think I got to start off right right away with the big name. Uh, Jamont Waller uh, came to campus. He's got a top list that features just about every Southern school possible and then Penn State. So um, for him to get in, getting him to campus first uh, first and foremost is just good news for Penn State. Um, they got him a campus. He loved the visit, loved everything about it. Um, came with, uh, I believe it was a trainer of his, came up to campus and just kind of blown away by everything. Um, from what we're told right now is that Penn State is solidified themselves in the lead here for Jamonta Waller. Wow. Which is pretty, not, I wouldn't say it's too surprising because we, we've seen what these visits do to kids. They usually commit on the spot. But to get him in the lead uh, for Jamonta Waller is huge he's uh technically an outside linebacker for our profiles but he's probably an edge at the next level um now how big would this commitment be i want to say it's very close but someone actually asked me and someone said this would be the biggest commitment in james franklin's era since returning or since coming to returning since coming to uh, state college and i'm like yeah all right hold on that's it's it's, it's up it has it has similar parallels to a micah parsons for example i i agree who ironically he uh looks up to quite a bit there we go. Um, but yeah, no, I, he is number 66 in the country. And I think that's only going to keep going higher, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not sure where he slots because our new rankings come out to Tuesday or Wednesday. I forget what day they come out. They come out one of these days this week. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, he's he would be a very big get. Uh, I'd, I'd probably argue deny Dennis Sutton was a really good get too. So yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's he's quite there, but he's very, very close to there. So this would be huge for Penn State to pull this one off. Um, sounds like he's going to uh, take a couple more official visits and he's going to make a decision this summer, which I would assume is probably a July uh, commitment, but there's no set timeline currently. But uh, very, very good start for Penn State right there. Yeah, Jamonte Waller. That, that's interesting. Richie, just real quick about that. Who do you think is James Franklin's best verbal commit of all time? Now, I know Saquon Barkley ended up being a second overall pick, but in my opinion, it is Micah Parsons. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really much of a debate there. Um, I would I would argue when it comes to rankings-wise, I don't think – I forget where Micah Parsons finished. I think it was six, right? Five or six mm-hmm. for us. Um, so I, I, I think he'd probably be in the top ranking spot, but he also is the top commitment in uh, – James Franklin's history at Penn state. Yeah. Um, he's proved it on the field too. And that's right. what our best defensive player in NFL, maybe right now. And, that, and that's tough to match, right? That's why I wanted to follow up with that question because <laughs> it's, it's not to disrespect Jamonte Waller, but just know the comparison that you're making to say that, okay, this might be the best verbal commit in James Franklin's tenure in state college. Well, then you got to yeah. think about, Saquon Barkley. Then you got to think about, I know Justin Shorter didn't pan out, but he was a Mm -hmm. 99 uh, according to most ranking sites. And then Mm -hmm. Waller currently, depending on where you look, right? Rivals is going to update its rankings, but he's a consensus top 200 for sure. He might even, do you think you'll expect him to move into the top 100 for rivals? Uh, Well, Jermont Waller, he's number 66 for us, I believe. Okay. He's 66. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where he slotted. I could probably look it up real quick because the rankings did. I do have the the sheet in front of me. I think he uh I'm sorry, he was 184 previously and now yep. he's 66. Okay. Okay, six, that was yeah, that's yeah. what I was referring to. Yes, yep. of course. It did. So it didn't it's starting to populate the update a little bit. The system takes a little bit to to work its kinks out, but uh yeah, no. I mean, it, that's a that's a huge jump for him. He's he's a hell of a player, man. He is so good. And if they could steal him away from SEC territory, that's that's a huge win for Penn State, and I'd argue probably a bigger. I, I'm, I got to pump the brakes there a little bit. I almost said a bigger win than Quentin Martin, but totally different players, totally different sides of the ball. But regardless, both if they can get both of them, it's just a huge. This recruiting class could be top five, and I think with him, it would be top five. Right, and that's that. Off you have an icon on offense, and you have an icon on defense when it mm-hmm. comes to. Because I think Quentin Martin's just that's another no, one. Even yeah, though he's totally not on camp, even though he's not officially on the team yet, he's a verbal commit. But mm-hmm. I think he's up there. Even Lamont Wade, I think uh, yeah. James Franklin has yeah, landed man. a lot of top recruits. But Waller's case is interesting because, as you said, it's SEC territory. It seems like Ole Miss is going to be the biggest challenger here because he's from the state of Mississippi. I mean, he's arguably the top player out of that state. And the fact that Penn state is even able to get this kid's attention is pretty interesting. So what has his interest? Where does Waller fit in? Is he a Curtis Jacobs uh, Penn state already has two Mike linebacker commits. Uh, mm. Does he fit into the spot of Abdul Carter? That's kind of what I'm hearing is that they're selling Waller on the idea that he is going to be that next number 11. Yeah, I, I would say that's, it's close. I, I do think he ends up and end up being an edge rusher at the end of the day, okay. which which is fine. I think he's only listed like I think we have him at what six one something like that. Mm-hmm. He's not super tall. He's around two thirty. When he packs on, you got to figure he's going to pack on twenty to twenty five pounds of muscle the minute he gets to state college. Um, that's just like what most kids do, just because whether it be the eating and the nutritionists and all that good stuff, they they know how to pack on muscle pretty quickly. Um, 
we've seen guys do it in the past and I wouldn't be shocked if he gets up to like a 250 range and then just starts playing that edge more and more. Um, I think he could be a dominant, uh, dominant edge rusher for, for Penn state or any, actually anywhere he goes. But like you mentioned before, it's, it sounds like Ole Miss is definitely pushing. They've had him to campus quite a few times. He doesn't have an official visit to Ole Miss though, which I found intriguing. So he did go to Auburn week one, went to Penn state weekend two. He's going to Florida weekend three and then Georgia weekend four. I don't believe he's a take for Georgia right now, which is good news for Penn state, but Florida is very close to Mississippi. As we all know, um, Auburn, not too far away either. Um, so you gotta, you gotta watch out. You gotta watch out for those sec schools. And I would say those are probably the two main competition right now with Ole Miss up there as well. Even though they didn't get an uh, official visit, they did have them on campus twice in April. So I think he's kind of seen what he's need to see, need seen what he's need to see, um, and he'll kind of uh, make a decision based off these officials right after uh, after the twenty third when he's at Georgia. It is locked on Nittany Lions. We're going to get into some other interesting prospects <laughs> and where they stand with Penn State. Whether that is Nigel Smith the second, of course, uh, Vabu Torre seems to have a, quite a <laughs> few future cast crystal balls, whatever you name it, to Penn yeah. State. Before we get into all of that, let's hear from our official sponsor of today's show, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So make your way over to FanDuel right now because if you thought $1,000 is great, you're going to love this one because new customers now get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is right, $2,500 at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And FanDuel is incredible for three reasons. Great promotions every single day. It's a safe, secure, super easy-to-use app and when you win, you get to cash out, get paid instantly. That's my favorite feature. You get your winnings instantly. So there's no better place to bet all the sports action than FanDuel America's number one sports book. So all you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. They are upping the ante $2,500 over at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. So much to get to with Penn State recruiting, and Richie's <clears throat> the right guy to do that with. Uh, Richie, there was some interesting twists and turns, I would say, because Penn State was having Caleb Odom on campus, at least yes. was supposed to, and then he was a no-show. And I thought that was interesting because I saw so some people might have saw this going around on Twitter. He yep. <laughs> exposed himself, right? Okay. He was at Florida and that, you know, great place to visit, right? They're they're mm-hmm. a competitor. Penn State's going head to head with them in a lot of recruiting battles. One of them is tight end Caleb Odom, premier. Yeah. He's a four star. And Odom uh did the Jordan jump in the air. Uh, he was on some sort of slick surface wearing cleats. He slipped and fell. It looks like he's okay. And I think that video came out Thursday. A Thursday night, and I said, man, he's got a high tail at the Happy Valley after his Florida visit. It turns out he stayed the whole time in the swamp. Uh, what what happened there? Yeah, so um, so it sounds like basically Penn State wants two tight ends in this class. He doesn't yeah, want to do. be he doesn't want to be the second of a of a two tight end class. And Luke Reynolds is is the number one. Like I don't think there's any question about it. He wow. is a he is a stud. Um, now, would they have liked to get Caleb Odom too? Of course, they would have loved to have him on campus, but. He canceled last minute, ended up going to Florida instead. Um, and he ended up going viral because of it. Because for some reason, they put some like glass or whatever it was underneath. It okay. looks like. Yeah. 
Turf? Like a, Why not turf? What's what's wrong I, with turf? I, I don't know. I don't know if it helps the photo or not. I'm not a photographer, so I don't know personally. But that was just a bizarre, <laughs> bizarre video, and it, everyone's hating on Florida for it. Um, they're all hating on whoever the photographer is. It's like, why'd you put that there? That makes no sense, especially if you're gonna make the kid jump. You almost tore his ACL on the on yeah. the visit. Like, you ain't getting to commit crazy. that way. <laughs> no, I mean, you might have to take him after that. I'm just saying, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, he's, he's probably, um, he's, I think he committed to didn't he? I am not 100% sure. Actually, I might've missed that, but besides the point Penn state, what that was one of the better mm -hmm. prospects that was going to be on campus for the weekend. And he was essentially a no show. And mm -hmm. like I said, I thought that, man, he's got these, uh, you know, he's got a structured schedule here and no, he, he in fact did cancel. Uh, so there's of course, Nigel Smith, everyone wants to know about Nicholas Marsh, mm -hmm. Marsh, of course, would be the premier wide receiver in this class, dubbed mm -hmm. Baby Megatron. I know there's I'm not going to get into the Baby Gronk situation, but he has it oh, in his profile God. that he's a different, different show, different circumstances. I don't know. Richie, I don't need to debate that with you. But no. yes, he no he, debate. <laughs> he has drawn the comparisons, at least some to Megatron, because he's six foot four, mm -hmm. of course, an incredible vertical. I know that some people say, well, that's real. Calvin Johnson was one of the best prospects, period, mm -hmm. in football history. Of course, we saw it with his career, the records he shattered. And Marsh, let's see if he lives up to that hype for himself. You know, he's he set the bar for himself. But in Penn State's case, this would still be an astronomical get. So where is Penn State with Nicholas Marsh? Yeah, so, I mean, they, they did pretty damn well this weekend, it sounds like. Um I don't want to say he committed, but I'd say it's pretty damn close. And I'm very confident um, he's going to end up with Penn State. Um, we submitted a future cast in favor of him. He's not announcing until July 7th, um, mm -hmm. which is still obviously a couple weeks away. Um, he's supposed to visit Kansas this week, and then he's supposed to visit Michigan State the week after. Um, will those visits happen? It sounds like they're still going to happen, but it sounds like Penn State has built a astronomical lead here. Um, I'm going to throw an SAT word out there for you. Um, and he's, they are, uh, well positioned to land his commitment. I think he's up to 54 right now, overall in the 2024 class for our rankings. Uh, so that would pretty be pretty close to Megatron type ranking. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I think Penn state ends up landing him when it's all said and done. It's just, you gotta have to wait a couple weeks. And we've seen this in the past class too, with guys like, uh, I, I probably shouldn't name him, but Conrad Hussey did the same thing. Yeah. Um, King Mac did something similar. It sounds like most of these guys wait till take their visits and then July comes, they make their commitment during dead periods. Do I like it? No, because that's cutting into my vacation time. It's supposed to be dead periods, but, um, yeah, it sounds like it could be an exciting, uh, exciting July for Penn state. And Nigel Smith, this is someone who's mm -hmm. in a similar boat as to Jamonte Waller because Waller's out of Mississippi. Well, Nigel Smith, the second, is coming <laughs> over from Texas, visiting yes. from the state of Texas. So this is mm -hmm. another area where it seems like Florida is a, at least a nice place for Penn State to get some prospects. At least it mm -hmm. has been. It's proven to be. But now they're starting to branch to, again, Georgia, Mississippi, selectively, right? They're getting a few prospects here and there. It's not. But Florida seems to be where they might get three, four, five different players mm -hmm. from that state. But the fact that it, it, it almost seems like it's very rare for Penn State to get a prospect from Texas to commit. And from what I've gathered is that they left a lasting impression on Nigel Smith. Yeah, so before I even dive into it too deep, um, they did land Amari Evans a couple classes ago out of te Texas, so yeah, that, that was a one very case, good one. right? Yeah, they're very rare though, like you said. Um, but yeah, they did a 
heck of a job recruiting Nigel Smith this weekend. He built a really good bond with the staff. Um, I know he's technically, so he's from Texas, like you said, but he has a lot of family in New Jersey, so he visits them quite a bit. He's actually been up to New Jersey quite a few times over the uh, the past couple of uh, months, whether it be um, for game visits for Penn State. He's been to game visits at Rutgers. He's taken visits to both schools. They're obviously not in the recruitment whatsoever. I know they're in his top list, but they're not really in it. But um, Penn State is in it, and he's he came to campus on his own dime in April and then now just came again for an official visit this past weekend and loved everything about it. I think it's going to be still really hard to keep them out of that uh, that Southwest area of Texas, Oklahoma. I say Texas and Oklahoma because Oklahoma will host him this upcoming weekend. And it sounds like Oklahoma is still the favorite, but Penn State did a really good job here, and they've gained a lot of ground, I should say. It's not as far apart as it used to be. I was very confident Oklahoma was just going to walk in, pull, pull them on this official visit. That's it. Now I'm thinking it's a little bit closer now. So we'll see what Oklahoma does on this official visit this weekend, but I do think Penn State is a solid number two right now. A couple guys from the secondary that, again, this was in terms of official visits, right? The first weekend that they had, there were a lot of uncommitted prospects that they were targeting. This time, it seemed like an intensive where there were key guys that were uncommitted and a lot of already verbal commits for Penn State to kind of help aid in that recruiting. So it was very strategic, but a couple guys that seemed to lean Penn State, and they're in the secondary. One's a safety, one's a cornerback. Mm -hmm. And we'll start with Vabu Torre because I've only heard good things about his relationship with Penn State. And that Torre was, even before the official visit, it sounded like he was already uh, destined to be a Penn State commit. Where where do they stand with him? Yeah, I leader, in my opinion. I don't think there's any really question about it. Um, he's been hyping up Penn State for quite some time now. It did start out originally with his recruitment back in, I want to say it was like January when I was talking to. So I'm very familiar with Jersey, obviously, being from yep. New Jersey. Yep. So I'm very familiar with the staff over at Irvington High School. Um, I've I've been talking to – I've been watching two right since he was like almost Pop Warner at this, at this point because <laughs> his brother um, ended up going to Rutgers. His other brother just signed with Rutgers, so – Everyone thought like right away, like Vabu Toure Rutgers. And it's like, no, he wants to set his own kind of uh, yeah. his own path and do something different, which I don't blame him. He's probably the best of all the brothers too. So there's that. But uh, yeah, he, um, he's been between Penn State and Ohio State for quite some time. There's other schools in the mix. Like he's technically slated to go on a Kentucky official visit. I think it's midweek this week. Yeah. Um, but I don't see them as a factor. I think it's just more of like a filler visit. And honestly, at the end of the day, take your official visits. Like get get yeah. them in. It's a free trip. All expenses paid for. Um, get, eat, eat some great meals. And I'm sure Kentucky yeah. has some pretty good food down there. So, um, but yeah, I would say uh, it's definitely Penn State all the way. I think he's gonna decide in early July. I haven't gotten a date yet from what I was told, but it's definitely gonna. I should say it's definitely gonna be early July for a decision. And I think Penn State's heavily in the lead because of his relationship with Poindexter. They did a great job of recruiting him. Poindexter has a great relationship with the coaching staff at Irvington. And they're kind of just walking in Jersey and plucking who they want, whether it be Vabu Toure or whether we go into 2025 class and they uh, Jalen Matthews and Amari Gaines. So they're starting to pluck New Jersey a little bit more. And I think you'll see that with the, this is going to be your Jersey commit for 2024. You have two in 2025. And I think you'll probably get upwards of four or five in 2025 if if you really want to, if you're Penn State. HappyValleyInsider.com is your place to go for Penn State Athletics. Mm-hmm. Visit that site and check out all the exclusive content. Of course, this podcast is your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals, HappyValleyInsider.com. 
Richie, in this final segment, let's start with Jameer Grimsley and just kind of look at what's next for Penn State recruiting. Of course, it sounds the rumblings are there for potentially another wide receiver or the first wide receiver commit of this class. It depends who beats who to the punch, right? But uh, it Mm -hmm. sounds like that player might be Peter Gonzalez. But Grimsley, we go back to Florida, right? Penn State Mm -hmm. has a great relationship with the state of Florida, being that it's all the way up in, you know, you're in the Northeast and Penn state is able to get not one, you know, multiple commits out of that state. And with the fact that they already do have a few cornerbacks in this class, this is Penn state's way to counter Ohio state taking three or four wide receivers. Well, they're Mm going to try to beef up the secondary and take four or five defensive backs. One of them is a true cornerback in Grimsley. And Mm -hmm. he asked around on his social media, if Penn state was the move. So we'll answer that for him. Is Penn yeah. State the move? Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to okay. be, it's very, very close. I'm actually like, I had him in our crystal ball feature recently. I want to say it was early, actually early June. It was like two weeks ago at this point. Um, so I had him in our feature. I was confident in it. Then Alabama started pushing him up their board a little bit. He is going to take an Alabama visit this weekend and he's going to decide sometime after that. And I always think that for the most part, I don't want to say every single recruitment's the same, but for the most part, that last visit, as long as that's a take, their take at that school, that's kind of where they're going to end up for the most part. So now it's going to be tough, but I do think Penn State still has a shot there. But I do think right now it's probably Bama with a slight edge just because they have that final official visit. And it's always the freshest thing in your mind right before you make a commitment. So Grimsley would definitely bolster that secondary, and then you flip it over to wide receiver. Peter Gonzalez is an interesting case because he's a three-star, and everywhere you look, he's dealt with some injuries, but it's someone that Penn State has begun to prioritize as they've seen him. These camps are valuable, right? Uh, Dylan and I were at this past camp on on Sunday, June 11th, and it, it was amazing to see the eighth graders, freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, all of them that were there to participate. Of course, some pen, uh, players were offered by Penn State, but that's where Peter Gonzalez was able to really mm-hmm. solidify his name. And now it sounds like he's a priority for Penn State and Penn State's a priority for him. How soon are we? should we expect the commitment from a wide receiver in general, but particularly Peter Gonzalez if he's not the first? Yeah, so I mentioned Nick Marsh. He's going to wait till July. I think they have a really good shot of him. And then Peter Gonzalez is coming to campus this upcoming weekend for an official mm-hmm. visit, and I think that's pretty much it. I think you're going to lock him up. Um, ran a 4-5 at the recent camp you were mentioning, and uh, that's that's kind of all I need, or they needed to see. That's all I need to see. 4-5 from a 6'3", 200-pound right. receiver. It's like, all right, Who tore mind. it? Who had AC? I don't, I don't yeah. know if he tore it, but he had ACL issues. Yes. So, I mean, a 4-5 is impressive for anyone that yeah. size. And uh, so it sounded like, actually, they were down to either Peter Gonzalez or Jalen Hornsby out of South Jersey. Um, but it sounds like they're going to take Gonzalez over him. And um, I, I get it, uh, number one, because it's a Pennsylvania kid. Number two, it's Central Catholic High School, so you get back in there. They already have a commit there in, uh, in Specca, So, And you just get stay in the good graces of the Central Catholic uh, high school staff who produces at a, a pretty high rate. And then uh, you beat out some good programs, too. You beat out – I know his, yeah. technically his top three was uh, Miami and Virginia Tech, but he had several other Power 5 offers in Wisconsin, West Virginia, Pittsburgh – uh, Maryland, Iowa State, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But um, yeah, you beat out some good programs. And I, I, I like this addition for, for Penn State, or it will be soon to be addition, it sounds like, for Penn State. I almost I want to compare it slightly, the, the untapped potential of it, because Marsh and Peter <laughs> Gonzalez are two really big 
targets and what this sounds like back in the day, not to, I guess, not too long ago, five, six years ago when it was Jawan Johnson and Irvin Charles. Now I know they didn't end up being superstars necessarily, yeah. but when you had at the time two six foot four wide receivers commit, this has similar implications and hopefully they can beat those expectations that jo that Johnson and Charles couldn't quite meet. But, yeah, I mean, Johnson still made the league when it's all said and done. Yeah, he so did, I, but I as far as it. his, he transferred out and everything. Yeah. And, Char you know, Charles had the season-saving catch in 2016. Yeah, but true. after that, I, I'm just hopeful that, again, Marsh and Gonzalez are both listed at 6'3", 6'4". So th this will be something that <laughs> Penn State can really benefit from. They, they have these smaller, shiftier wide receivers, and it's nice to see them get some taller targets that they can, you know, really, really use to their advantage in, in the back of the end zone for Drew Aller and then eventually Bo Prabula, right? Yeah, that's that's the plan. And I, I didn't even mention the other one who's coming to campus this weekend and Josiah Brown, who uh, yep. technically is a receiver, wants to play receiver. I think his upside at safety personally, but that's just my opinion. Um, I like I've said it before. I think it was when a, a Quentin Martin podcast with you actually. Mm -hmm. Where I said I was like I love these super athletes because when they're so speedy and quick and powerful, I I want to put them on defense. Like I think they just be so, so successful as as DBs. But Josiah Brown, super speedster kid, coming to campus this weekend. It's it's sounds like it's actually Rutgers or Penn State. I know it's not normal for them two to be in a battle together, but this obviously has a ton of connections to Rutgers uh, between his best friend being there in in twenty twenty three uh, freshman and Dylan Braithwaite. So that's kind of playing a factor, but. I know Penn State's kind of eerily confident that they can pull this one out. Um, this would be a big win for Marquise Higgins and Stacey Collins, who's kind of the recruiting area guy for uh, New mm -hmm. York. So, And he's been to campus several times this year alone. He's been there in January, went there in uh, April, and now he's going to come back in June. So we'll wait and see what happens there. I think they have a pretty good shot at him. He also has a Georgia official visit, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be a takedown there. Um, they're probably the third team in the mix. He also, he's got a ton of offers. He's got Bama, Florida, Michigan, Notre Dame, but it's Georgia, Penn state or Rutgers. And I'd argue it's Penn state or Rutgers with Rutgers in a slightly, just because they had the most recent official. Like I said before, the most recent is always stuck in the kid's head when you talk to them. Mm -hmm. But I think Penn state could end up winning this one out. And that could be a, as simple as that and locking them up. Any other commitments on the horizon? Just players that we should be aware of. They're going to make their decision, whether it's for Penn state or the Penn state's in their top three and, or top five or whatever. And, and they might lose out just guys that are on the horizon that are going to be going to commit soon. I'd keep a really close eye on um, Benedict Uma. He, he intrigues me. He's a top ranked kid. He's visiting he's like this one, weekend. Yeah. He's visiting this weekend. He's, I think he's one fifty for our rankings or something like that. Um, he just came back from a Duke visit. He doesn't. So here's the thing with Benedict. He wants to go to a high academic school. He's mm -hmm. a Canadian native, but he's playing in Connecticut, one of the prep schools. And obviously Penn state has a ton of connections to the new England area with the prep schools yeah. recently, especially, especially in the 2023 class. But now they're starting to shift a little bit more in that 2024 class and start to produce or get ad guys there. Luke Reynolds, who we said before is a great addition from that area. Yep. But so he wants to go to a high academic school. He's Canadian, so he wants to stay a little bit closer to home, which Penn State's relatively close. And they've, they've also produced pretty well with Canadian players as well. So I would argue um, right now Penn State might be able to pull this one off this weekend because his only he's taken Wisconsin the first week, Duke the second week, Penn State the third week, and then Stanford's that fourth one you got to watch out for just because, like I mentioned, high academics makes sense, right? But 
these Penn State visits, how they just they do something different there. Then they sell the culture, they sell the coaching staff. Yep. And it wouldn't shock me if they could pull this one out real quick. And that would be a huge get for Dion Barnes and crew to get a defensive uh, defensive end technically two sixty six five, probably interior at the next level, but. Yep. Um. Yeah, it'd be huge to get him, and he's he's super raw too. Like a lot of people, like we have him ranked 150, and he's only played like a year and a half of football, like two years. Yeah. Like so, he's still learning. Um. Yeah, I think they have a really good shot, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a close eye on him this weekend. Locked on Nittany Lions, another one in the book in Penn State. Of course, recruiting is only going to ramp up here as we move through June. Richie, I appreciate the time. Where can people keep up with you as recruiting takes all of its twists and turns? Uh, through June and later on in July and throughout the summer. Yeah. Happy Valley insider.com. Um, our lion's den message board, uh, tons of content, little recruit scoops on the message board, more in-depth stuff on the front page in terms of articles. And then on Twitter at, at Penn state rivals or at rivals, Richie, uh, if you want more Penn state centric stuff, the, the first Twitter at Penn state rivals, if you want more tri-state area recruiting stuff, I guess, then uh, at rivals, Richie and, we have everything and anything uh, under the sun when it comes to recruiting. It's been a busy couple weeks, and it's not stopping anytime soon. Check out Locked On Nittany on Twitter and at Zach underscore Seiko, my personal account as well, to keep up everything we're doing here on Locked On Nittany Lines. Richie, it was always great to chat. Thanks for the time. I can't wait to do this again very soon. Yeah, no problem. Maybe we'll be talking next week about a couple commitments.